On today's episode, Ryan Huska was momentarily named the head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks last night. I'll also get into the possibility of a new sports network coming here in Chicago in a couple of years. And then to wrap things up will be Blackhawks defenseman Caleb Jones's 2021-2022 season recap. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Tuesday, June 21st. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode, and you like what you're hearing, then please be sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast, which will only take a quick couple of seconds. Literally just a quick click of the button will help me out tremendously. Be sure to go and leave the show five stars if you like what you're hearing today as well. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts or through Spotify, then feel free to go and leave me a review as well, because I always greatly appreciate getting some feedback from all my wonderful listeners out there. If you're a consistent listener of the show, if you like what you're hearing on a daily basis, please be sure to go and leave me a positive review. I would greatly appreciate it. And best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, etc. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode right now and seeing this lovely face of mine, uh, then be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube because each and every episode moving forward through the rest of the summer into training camp this fall is going to have a video attached to it as well. So if you haven't done so yet, please go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. I'm really trying to keep boosting those numbers up. Also, be sure to go and smash the like button for me down below and comment as to what grade you think Blackhawks defenseman Caleb Jones is deserving for his performance this season. And last, go and turn on those push notifications. Go and ring the bell so that way you can be notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right. Good morning, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. To open things up on the show this morning, what a fiasco we saw on Twitter last night, folks. It had Blackhawks Blackhawks fans in a frenzy there for a couple of hours because I'm I'm pretty positive if you're listening to the show, you didn't miss it. But just in case, uh, for those who don't know what happened on Twitter last night, Kevin Weeks, who's been one of the best uh, analysts in the game of hockey in terms of dropping news, breaking news, the Woj bombs of the NBA. That's Weeks bombs in the NHL. That's what Kevin Weeks has been doing for the past couple of years. He'll just randomly upload a video of him in any sort of setting and we'll be breaking NHL news. It always makes for a pretty funny scene. But last night, Kevin Weeks took to Twitter and uploaded a video announcing that he had heard Ryan Huska, the assistant coach of the Calgary Flames, had been named the new head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks. And when I saw that, I was like, what? 
And it, that has nothing to do with Huska. It was just, I was so caught off guard by the Blackhawks. Now we know that not to be true, as I'll get into in just a second. Uh, I was just so caught off guard by the Blackhawks, all of a sudden making a decision. Like we heard one official interview had been given to Luke Richardson, as I talked about on yesterday's episode. They also requested an interview with Brad Shaw, the assistant coach of the Vancouver Canucks, but we hadn't heard that he's officially interviewed as of this point. Uh, So it it just seemed like it was a a very rushed decision for the Blackhawks. All of a sudden, Ryan Huska out of the trees, someone who hasn't even been rumored to be uh, on in the potential candidate list for the Blackhawks next head coach. It came straight out of left field. I was like, what is going on here? And based on how the Blackhawks went about the general manager search, where they were very open with the fans about who they were giving interviews with, who was the final candidates. I'm still expecting them to do that with the head coach. So for them to just kind of announce only one interview had taken place and then boom, out of left field, Ryan Huska's the new head coach. I was like, what? I I was seriously so caught off guard. But then within minutes of Kevin Weeks uploading that tweet, he deleted it. A lot of people thought that happened because Weeks misspelled Ryan Huska. He just said Ryan Husk and everybody was like, who the hell is Ryan Husk? People were in in a frenzy wondering if the Blackhawks hired another kind of uh, no-name coach. Not to say Jeremy Colleton was a no-name coach, but he certainly was a a surprise after only having a couple of years under his belt. Um, But no, it didn't wind up being because Weeks misspelled uh, Ryan Huska. He actually made another post a few moments later and said that Huska is in the mix and that the Blackhawks, basically he just retracted his statement saying things are heating up on the front for the Blackhawks to make their decision for next head coach, retracted his statement, but did say that Huska is in the mix. So it it made for uh, quite a chaotic 20 or, or 30 minutes or however long it was. I was like, what is going on right now? And then we also saw Charlie Romeliotis of NBC Sports Chicago, the Blackhawks insider there, who, by the way, I've been in contact with recently, and it sounds like he's going to be coming on the show sometime soon. A reoccurring guest had Charlie on many times. It's always a, a fun conversation when he comes on the show, and I'm definitely looking forward for uh, our next chat, which, again, seems like it's going to be sometime in the near future, so be sure to keep an eye out for that. Uh, but Charlie Romeliotis was the one who kind of initially tweeted out that from what he was hearing, Ryan Huska had not been named the head coach of the Blackhawks. Uh, the Blackhawks are, are still going through the process and all that stuff. So, yeah, that sounds like where the Blackhawks are at right now. But we do know, uh, or it, it seems, that Ryan Huska is going to be someone who's in the mix now. Um, but apparently, also, I, I heard from Barstool Chief, take this for, for what you will, uh, if you like Barstool, if you don't, I don't know. But this is what Barstool Chief said. He heard that Huska hadn't even had an interview with the Blackhawks yet to be their next head coach. So um, this could just be something completely random, but it does seem like Huska is going to be in the mix now. Uh, and just to give all you fans a little bit of background on him, he was actually a third-round pick of the Chicago Blackhawks way back in 1993, and he ended up only playing in one NHL game, which came with the Blackhawks only played about five minutes or something like that. It was a very short-lived NHL career for Ryan Huska. Uh, but once his playing career came to an end, he actually started up with the Kelowna Rockets of the WHL way back in 2002 and became an assistant coach there, kind of worked his way up through that program and eventually became the head coach in 2007 
where uh, he would be in that position all the way until 2014, a seven-year tenure in Kelowna for Ryan Huska to start off his coaching career. And then after he moved on from the junior scene, he went up to become the head coach of the Abbotsford Heat, who became the Stockton Heat a year later. He was the head coach for Stockton and Abbotsford for four years. And then he got promoted to become the assistant coach of the Calgary Flames, where he's been for the past four years. So uh, another candidate who seems to have just been working their way up in the past handful of seasons, we saw that with Luke Richardson starting in Binghamton, passing up on an assistant coaching job in the NHL just to be uh, a head coach longer on the AHL scene. Um, Finally gets his shot up in the NHL with the Montreal Canadiens, not as a head coach, but had a very uh, pivotal role for that team. And then uh, Brad Shaw is kind of in that same boat too. He's just kind of on the come up as to the NHL level. So you can kind of see what coaches the Blackhawks are targeting here. It seems like players that have had a, a that have had past success coaching at the AHL level, I think they understand how crucial that's going to be throughout this rebuilding process. Whoever the next head coach is going to be has to do a phenomenal job with young players and has to help them in the developmental process. And Ryan Huska sounds like uh, another guy who's done that throughout his coaching career so far and has plenty of experience working in both juniors and the AHL level. So I think that's something uh, key to keep in mind about Huska and his background. Uh, The one thing that kind of stood out to me for Huska, he was a forward in his NHL career as opposed to uh, Shaw and Richardson, who were both defensemen. And I'm going to, I'm hoping to have an interview with Jess uh, from Lockdown Canadians here in the next couple, or Lockdown Canadians, Lockdown Flames, excuse me, in the next couple of days to talk a little bit more about Huska and his roles and all that stuff. But with him being a forward throughout his playing career, I'm going to assume that he was working with the forwards in Calgary as well, whereas Richardson and Shaw, they were both working with the defensemen. So that's going to make for uh, an interesting question for the Blackhawks front office. Would they rather go with a defensive-minded head coach or someone who has success with some better teams but is more um, capable at coaching the forward groups and has more experience with that position rather than the defense? Personally, I think the Blackhawks are going to want to lean on that defensive mindset because until the defense gets better, and I know there's no rush on that, but if they're not getting better year in and year out and not making improvements in that department, they're they're not going to have a chance. Like the Blackhawks defense has been horrendous for far too long, and that really has to change in order to get things back on track, even if that's going to be three years down the road. So I would imagine, honestly, that the Blackhawks are going to lean towards maybe a defensive-minded coach, but if they love Huska and he has a really solid interview, then I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him, you know, get get the job. Uh, but definitely a, a chaotic night last night for Blackhawks fans. We thought we had our new head coach. Turns out that Kevin Weeks made a mistake, which is kind of shocking because we don't see that from him very often. Uh, but it happens to everybody, folks. No one's perfect out there. So we'll let this slide a little bit, Weeksy. Uh, but definitely interesting to hear that all of a sudden, Ryan Huska has emerged as a candidate for the Blackhawks' next head coach. All right, there are some thoughts on the chaos that ensued last night after Kevin Weeks' tweet of Ryan Huska becoming the next head coach of the Blackhawks. Coming up in just a minute, I'm going to get into uh, the rumors surrounding the future of a new sports network here in Chicago. 
But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Summer is coming, and you're going to need some food for being on the go. Well, Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you everywhere you go. Throw them into your bags, throw them into your kids' backpacks, and make sure everyone has a bar to be fueled for their summer adventures. And the best part about Built Bar is that they're both delicious and healthy. So there's no more sacrificing delicious food for health because with Built Bar, you can have both. You can get the best of both worlds. And have you tried Built Bar Puffs yet? Because if not, then you're seriously missing out on one of the best tasting protein bars on the market with incredible flavors like banana cream pie, cinnamon churro, which actually tastes like a roasted marshmallow, birthday cake which is terrific. It's got sprinkles on top. It seriously doesn't feel like you're eating a protein bar. And Bill Bar also just sent me a sample package of their new flavor, which is mud pie, which I threw in the fridge to get a little cold, a nice glass of milk. I mean, it's actually hard to believe that these things are good for you, but they are. They're all 150 calories or less and have 17 grams or more of protein in each bar. So head on over to Built.com right now and be sure to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's Built.com with the exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Moving on into segment two. Uh, well, before I get into segment two, real quick, folks, I apologize. I got to ask you all for a quick favor. So the Lockdown Podcast Network is is put together a survey so that we can learn more about listeners like you and your favorite Lockdown Podcasts and to make them even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and what you don't like about the Lockdown Podcast Network. So please go to LockdownPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It's not going to take very long. It, it will seriously just take a minute. Uh, and everyone that completes this survey, plus if you go leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, be sure to leave your name in there as well. Each person that does both of those will be uh, will have a chance to qualify for one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. So again, please go and take the survey. It's only going to take a quick second and then go and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Make sure to leave your name in there as well or where I can contact you in case you win. I want to be sure to give you your Ticketmaster gift card. And again, if you do win $100 in Ticketmaster gift cards, it's free tickets to two or three games in the Chicagoland area. I mean, it's an easy thing to do to get some uh, some free benefits. So uh, thank you all again for the help. Please be sure to do that. Promise you, it'll be well worth it. But enough of that. Moving on into segment two today, I also wanted to talk for a quick second about the possibility of the Chicago Blackhawks, along with the Bulls and White Sox, uh, creating their own network in the future, kind of similar to what the Cubs have done uh, with the Marquee Sports Network in the past couple of years. Because in October of 2024, NBC Sports Chicago's contract with the Hawks, the Bulls, and the White Sox will officially expire. Now, they definitely could, you know, renew their contract with NBC Sports Network and just continue on this path they've been on for quite some time now. Uh, It's actually hard for me to remember a time that the Blackhawks weren't on NBC Sports Network. Um, But apparently all of these three teams are engage in a dialogue of creating their own network right now. Like apparently they want to be getting into the streaming service where 
Uh, they can give customers uh, like a, a direct to customer service as opposed to going through a middleman, which we see through cable. It could be their own network. Uh, we've seen the Bali Sports Network kind of take over in cities across the United States. St. Louis has it now. I believe all of Texas has it. Uh, the West Coast is Bally Sports. That's kind of, I think, the idea that the Blackhawks, Bulls, and White Sox are rolling with right now, having their own network that fans can tune into and not have to go you know, through other cable sites and have to watch different things. This would be just a network strictly dedicated to these sports teams that are all together. Um, and we, we've seen other teams go with this route, not just with Bally Sports. We saw uh, Boston with the NESN, the Northeast Sports Network. They've kind of made that their own thing. Uh, the Yankees have, oh man, what is, is that called? Yes Network? I forget exactly what the Yankees Network is called, but they're the ones that kind of, I believe, kickstarted this whole thing. I think they were the first to have their own network and go separate from cable. Uh, but this is something that's becoming more and more popular in professional sports across North America right now. So it shouldn't be all that surprising to hear that these teams in Chicago are kind of getting their feet wide and, and testing that idea uh, a little bit as well. And also one thing I, I do want to make sure all Chicago sports fans know out there is that the Wurzes and the Reinsdorfs, they have a long connection going way back to the 1980s. Uh, they're actually both equal owners of the United Center. So those the, these organizations have been in connection for quite some time. And while some will say, well, the Cubs and the Blackhawks had ties for a while, that ship has sailed, let me tell you. Even with Jeff Greenberg uh, coming in, it's it's no longer the John McDonough scene here. And um, I'm sure people will say, well, it could also make sense for the Hawks to join the marquee network and give them something to televise in the winter. But I do think that the Wurzes would stick with the Reinsdorfs over the, the Chicago Cubs. Uh, they, they just have a long, successful business track record, and I don't see that splitting anytime soon. So that's definitely something to uh, keep in mind between these teams. It, it sounds like with them talking about this, I, I feel like it's a very likely destination and landing spot for them to come to, uh, given all the history that they have together. Hey, why don't we come together and build one? huge sports network for our three teams. We'll have stuff going on in the summer. We'll have stuff going on in the winter, basketball, hockey, baseball, basically all year long. Uh, so it does make a lot of sense. And, you know, I, I will say though, um, I, I do think it's going to be, it, it would be cool to have something like this for the Blackhawks, right? Rather than just NBC Sports Chicago showing the games and the pre and the post game shows, which get a little bit repetitive. I think it would be really cool to see a Blackhawks show on television, like every day or Tuesdays and Thursdays or Monday, Wednesday and Friday. You know, we've seen that with the bears in the past. Uh, David Kaplan's got his own talk show right now. Um, the bears, you know, they got Lance Briggs and Alex Brown and those guys having a talk show. I feel like the Blackhawks could really benefit from something like that. And I know it's going to be tough to watch this team over the next couple of years, but Hey, if this rebuild does go well, people are going to be enticed, you know, at some point down the road if it does work. Uh, so I feel like that would be a really cool endeavor for the Blackhawks to get into. But the only problem is I'm sure it's going to be a separate package that uh, the folks in Chicago will have to per purchase separately, much like the Marquee Sports Network, which uh, people still have, have bought. And that's gone very well for them, even though. There, there were people in Chicago saying, oh, let, let's not buy this. Let's 
kind of void it. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of people I think still don't have it and the Cubs are bad, but they still seem to be doing well financially. So th that's the one thing that's going to suck about it. I'm sure it's going to be a separate package that people are going to have to purchase separately. Uh, and I'm sure it's not going to be cheap with everything in the world, just seemingly getting more and more expensive. So uh, I feel like that's definitely the downside of uh, these three teams in Chicago coming together to create their own network. Um, but, you know, we're still going to have two more years with NBC Sports Chicago. So it's not like this is something that's going to happen immediately or it's imminent or something. Uh, the contract still runs through October of 2024. But once we hit next offseason, then the clock is really going to start ticking, I believe. And uh, there will be more of a rush to come to a decision. So this is definitely something to keep in mind, even though it's not imminent. Uh, that there could be another network that the Blackhawks call home in the near future. All right, I think uh, that'll wrap up the quick chat I wanted to have on the Blackhawks potentially being part of a new network here in Chicago. Coming up in just a minute, I still have to get into defenseman Caleb Jones's 2021-2022 season recap segment. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment three now today before I wrap things up. Still got to get into Blackhawks defenseman Caleb Jones's 2021-2022 season recap segment. So for Caleb Jones, it was um, kind of a tough start to the year because I remember in training camp and at, at the beginning of the season, he was in the mix and looking like he was going to be in the Blackhawks lineup right from the get-go. Uh, but then I, I actually believe he and Wyatt Kalanuck suffered injuries on the same day during training camp, and both those uh, kind of derailed the starts of their season. And for Kalanuck, actually, he never really got back up to the NHL level on a consistent basis. He spent the majority of the year down in Rockford, uh, and now his future is up in the air given all the defensemen the Blackhawks have in the pipelines. But for Caleb Jones, he, he was first forced to miss a good chunk of the first half of the season due to injury, which was really unfortunate for him. Uh, of course, he had just come over from the Edmonton Oilers as part of the Duncan Keith deal. And I don't want to say there was a, a ton of hype around Caleb Jones or anything, but he was looking really good in training camp. And I think uh, a lot of people close to the team were excited and felt he could be a breakout candidate. But that injury kind of uh, haunted him early on and cost him a good chunk of the year, as I said. But all in all, Caleb was able to get back healthy right around the midway point of the year. Ended up playing in 51 games for the Blackhawks this season, which is uh, the most he's ever played in a single NHL season. And one thing to remember it, it, for Caleb Jones is that he's like he's played a couple of spotty seasons in the NHL, but he's never really been there on a consistent basis. Like this was kind of his first time given a, a full-time NHL role. Like. With Edmonton, it had kind of been back and forth. He never had a consistent spot. He was getting healthy scratch regularly. But when he when he was healthy with the Blackhawks this season, for the most part, he was in the lineup. And he's still, you know, he just turned 25 earlier on this month. So he is still pretty young into his NHL career. And this was kind of his first legitimate opportunity to prove himself. And I thought, you know, for the most part, um, he handled it pretty well. I don't think it was great, but I also don't think it was dreadful. Uh, but the most important part for Caleb's game was he really helped out the Blackhawks offensively. Um, even though he only played in 51 games, he had five goals, which tied his older brother, Seth, for the most among Blackhawks defensemen. 
And he was really, I mean, five goals in 51 games isn't a ton, but he would have been right around pushing 10 had he played a full 82-game campaign. Uh, And he was really the only Blackhawks defenseman that was having a little bit of consistency in terms of the goal scoring department. Uh, Shot 8.8% this year, which uh, I believe is the highest among all Blackhawks defensemen who who actually played a good chunk of games. Uh, So the offense is really something that was a very um, nice breath of fresh air when Caleb came into the lineup. He provided something that the Blackhawks didn't have a ton of on their back end. So uh, that that's why I think his skill set in particular uh, was was much needed and a nice fit for this team. Caleb also added 10 assists in his 51 games, so he finished with 15 points. All those are career highs across the board which shouldn't be that surprising given this was his, his greatest opportunity so far in his NHL career. Uh, but getting into some of the other numbers for Caleb that stood out, only 18 penalty minutes in 51 games, nine uh, minor penalties. He's not a fighter, so none of those were uh, five-minute majors, uh, but did a pretty good job of staying out of the box. He averaged 16 minutes and 43 seconds of time on ice, so second to third-line role, but in the final 20 games, Uh, He was actually third among Blackhawks defensemen in terms of average time on ice. And that's really where he was playing his best hockey. Once he got comfortable and settled into his role, uh, he he started playing better and better and better. And I do wonder if that's going to leave the Blackhawks with kind of a a sweet taste in their mouth, if you will, uh, and and potentially make them want to see more of Caleb Jones, especially given the directions the team is heading. Uh, It feels like a good time to, you know, at least take a chance on some guys who are in a boat like this and uh, could have more than, than they've showed us so far. Uh, but, but for Caleb, I think it was really, really important for him to finish out the year well. And again, the things that he did well, the Blackhawks didn't have a ton of. One thing that I think went extremely underrated for him, I actually took a picture of this because the numbers really stood out. Uh, but for Caleb Jones, I swear, oh, I did screenshot good for me. Uh, the entry defense was absolutely amazing as well. Defensively, once things, you know, I think he has to work on his coverage and um, that also could be part of the Blackhawks system. So it's so hard to tell with some of these defensemen whether or not the system gave them issues or they were having trouble figuring out the system or whatever it was. Uh, but structure-wise, I do think Caleb Jones has a little bit to improve upon and I think he can get better along the boards as well. I know size isn't the name of his game, but He's got to be a little bit more rugged if he wants to have success in the defensive zone. But in terms of entries and and, uh, also uh, entering the offensive zone, that's really where Caleb thrived this year. Um, He was in the 91st percentile in terms of entry defense denial rate, so very good at not allowing opposing forwards to enter the offensive zone and create or enter the offensive zone with speed. He was in the 84th percentile for carry prevention. So again, really good at holding down the blue line and not letting uh, the uh, opposing team just walk in there scot-free and get chances off. And he was also in the 96th percentile in entry chance prevention. So not giving, um, not giving up many chances off the rush. He was really good in that, in that aspect. And I think for the Blackhawks, that's been an issue that they've had for far some time. Um, and for Caleb to be really good in those areas, that's another reason why I believe the Blackhawks could be leaning towards bringing him back, even though it is a little bit of a crowd back there on the blue line. 
Uh, but some other numbers that stood out to me for Caleb Jones, he was 92 in the 92nd percentile in terms of carry exits. So really good at skating the puck out of the defensive zone, 70th percentile in exit success, 77th percentile in possession exit rate. Uh, he was also 80th in entry success. So really good at entering the offensive zone, 75th percentile in pass entries. So his transition game is really strong and this is kind of funny. It ties into a, a question I was asked yesterday on Mailbag Monday. How do you fix the Blackhawks issues with speed? Well, you get defensemen like Caleb Jones who can skate it up the ice. He's really good at making a pass to enter the zone. He can also do it himself. And then back on defense, he's really good at holding down the blue line and not letting the opposition come in with speed and make things happen. I think those you know, Caleb Jones may never be a first or second pairing defenseman even, but those are the types of players that you want to have on your team. Guys that can drive possession in your favor and help take things from defense to offense. I think that was really key. And, and aside, like Seth and Caleb were the only two that could really provide that for the Blackhawks this season. So uh, it's going to be interesting though, to see what the Blackhawks decide to do, because like I said, it's crowded back there. Caleb Jones and we know even that Gustafson and Dehan are gone, but it's still a crowd given that Ian Mitchell's probably coming up. Alex Vlasic's going to be in the mix. Same with Alec Regula. Uh, Isaac Phillips is there. Jakob Galvis. Maybe Wyatt Kalanuck. Maybe Nicholas Bodan. Um, so it, it's definitely a crowd back there. And one thing I've thought of, I, I kind of feel like the Blackhawks have to choose between Riley Stillman or Caleb Jones. I feel like you can't have both of those guys on the roster moving forward. Uh, so we'll see what's going to happen, but all in all, given um, the the numbers and everything for Caleb Jones this year, I forgot to mention uh, he had 77 hits in 51 games, so he was a little bit physical, and he also had 58 blocks. Not Calvin DeHaan or Jake McCade numbers or anything, but he was still willing to sacrifice the body, which is a bonus. Uh, but all in all, taking everything into consideration for Blackhawks defenseman Caleb Jones. I'm going to give him a B minus. I thought the offense was much needed. Again, he tied his older brother, Seth, for the most goals among all Blackhawks defensemen, despite playing only in 51 games. He served a larger and larger role as the season progressed. He was really good in both uh, both shutting down entries on, the, on his own blue line and carrying the puck into the offensive zone. Really solid transition game. I do still think there are, there are some stuff he has to work on in order to become a complete defenseman. But for his first, as I said, kind of legitimate opportunity, I thought he handled it for the most part pretty well. So I'm going to give Blackhawks defenseman Caleb Jones a B minus for his performance this season. And be sure to go and comment down below whether you agree with that, disagree with that, and let me know your grade that you think Caleb Jones is deserving for his performance this year. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Tuesday, June 20th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks wherever you get your podcasts and go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, you got to be sure to also go and check out the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news, info and updates ahead of the final couple of games of the Stanley Cup final. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to go and check out Lockdown NHL right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2. 
Or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the Blackhawks or to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you could call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.